You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to grants and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library is mine. Welcome to the September 2021 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. I'm Joe, one of the librarians in our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and I thank you for tuning in. Coming up, Katie will tell us about some of the most anticipated reads coming to the library in September. Hong Mei will play a clip of a song she finds especially inspiring. Since it's back to school season, we'll have Archana, Jessica, Katie, and Amy talking about some of their favorite school-related books and films. And, of course, we'll tell you about some of the exciting programs scheduled on our September calendar. But first, I want to talk about classic movies. If you didn't already know, I love movies. In fact, I got my undergraduate degree in film in a previous life, about 15 years or so before I ended up as a librarian here in Livingston. So I was very happy this past summer when we were able to bring our Weekends with the Oscars series back from its extra-long socially distanced hiatus. And judging by the size of the audience we saw in our program room for those screenings, I feel confident saying that many of our patrons were also happy to have movies back on the big screen here at the library again. Now, Weekends with the Oscars may have ended for the year, but fear not, film buffs, this fall, we're going to continue to host movie screenings thanks to a new series we're calling Classic Movie Tuesdays. On one Tuesday each month, starting at 7 p.m., we'll be showing, you guessed it, a classic movie. Clever name, I know. I actually spent weeks trying to think of a name for this series, and that's what I landed on. Anyway, I know that classic can often mean different things to different people, and for most people, classic means something, usually a work of art, which stands the test of time. I guess where most of us differ on that definition is the amount of time such an artwork must stand before it passes the classic test. For the purposes of Classic Movie Tuesdays, I'm going to set that test for at least five years. Maybe that'll seem short to some people, but I like to look at it this way. Think about five years ago. Think about 2016. Doesn't that seem like a long time ago? Doesn't it seem like a lot has changed since 2016? So with that in mind, I feel like if a movie from 2016 still holds up and is still relevant to us today, that's that's a pretty remarkable achievement. Therefore, Classic Movie Tuesdays can potentially include any film that's at least five years old. So our first Classic Movie Tuesday movie will start at 7 p.m. on September 21st at the program room here at the library. Fun bit of cinema trivia for y'all. 75 years ago on September 21st, that is 
all the way back in 1946, the very first Cannes Film Festival was happening. In competition that year were a number of films which are currently considered classics, such as Jean Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast, David Lean's Brief Encounter, and Billy Wilder's The Lost Weekend. Of course, Cannes didn't necessarily have quite the same prestige in its first year as it does today, and in fact, the very first Cannes Film Festival had a few less than prestigious moments. For one, the print of Miguel Delgado's adaptation of The Three Musketeers was actually projected upside down. And another film in competition had its reels projected in reverse order. That film was Notorious, one of the many classics by the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. Um, The film did not win any prizes at Cannes that year, but fortunately many audiences saw it in the correct order since and have come to regard it as a classic. Um, So to commemorate the occasion, Notorious will also be the film we screen for the inaugural edition of Classic Movie Tuesdays. And uh, Fear Not will be playing an impeccably restored DVD of the film produced by the Criterion Collection, so there should be no concerns about seeing the film in the correct sequence. If you're not familiar, Notorious is a romantic thriller about a U.S. government agent, played by Cary Grant, uh, and a German war criminal's daughter, played by Ingrid Bergman, who plan plan to infiltrate a Nazi organization. Notorious, notorious, she was a notorious woman of many desires. He was an adventurous man of purpose. Their secret love swept them on to the brink of disaster. This is a very strange novel. Maybe the fact that you don't love me. I don't love you, I'll let you know. You haven't said anything. Actions speak louder than words. See, notorious. Produced by Alfred Hitchcock, master of suspense. For tense dramatic impact, see Notorious. Starring Cary Grant, Ingrid Bergman, and a story of danger and bold intrigue. See Notorious. Again, that's Alfred Hitchcock's 1946 classic Notorious, which we will be using to kick off our Classic Movie Tuesdays series on Tuesday, September 21st at 7 p.m. on the big screen in our program room. If you don't make it out uh, for that screening, uh, you can come in October when we'll be screening Mel Brooks's 1974 classic Young Frankenstein in honor of the Halloween season. That's going to be Tuesday, October 19th at 7 p.m. And in November, we'll be screening uh, the 2007 film Persepolis, the animated film that was based on the graphic novel by Marjan Satrapi about her coming of age in Iran in the late 70s and early 80s. And of course, uh, other films will be announced later on. Um, but now let's turn things over to the head of our adult services and acquisitions department, Katie, who is back to tell us about some of the upcoming reads you'll be seeing come into the library in September. Happy September, everyone. School is back in session, days are getting longer and cooler, and books are in the crisp autumn air. Check out the following books at www.livingstonlibrary.org or via Libby or Overdrive. 
The first title is Beautiful World, Where Are You? by Sally Rooney, which is literary on September 7th. Four young people pair up, break up, have wild flirtations, and worry about their friendships and the world they live in while pondering their eroding youth in the new novel from the best-selling author of Normal People. L.A. Weather by Maria Amparo Escadon is fiction on September 7th. Storm clouds are on the horizon in L.A. L.A. Weather, a fun, fast-paced novel of a Mexican-American family from the author of the number one Los Angeles Times bestseller, Esperanza's Box of Saints. Next up, we have In Every Mirror She's Black by Lola Akinmaid Ockerstrom, which is fiction on September 7th. Three black women, a powerhouse executive, a former model, and a Somali refugee are linked in unexpected ways to the same influential white man in Stockholm. Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty is fiction on September 14th. A family of tennis stars debate whether or not to report their mother as missing because it would implicate their father in the new novel by the New York Times bestselling author of Big Little Lies. On September 14th, we have Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead, fiction. A furniture salesman in 1960s Harlem becomes a fence for shady cops, local gangsters, and low-life pornographers after his cousin involves him in a failed heist. In the new novel from the two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning author of The Underground Railroad. Travels with George is also out on September 14th. It's by Nathaniel Philbrick, and it's nonfiction. Written at a moment when America's founding figures are under increasing scrutiny, the author, retracing George Washington's journey as a new president through all 13 former colonies, paints a picture of 18th century America as divided and fraught as it is today. Next is Vanderbilt, The Rise and Fall of an American Dynasty by Anderson Cooper, nonfiction on September 21st. Drawing on never-before-seen documents and told from a unique insider's viewpoint, the CNN anchor and New York Times bestselling author tells the story of his legendary family and their remarkable influence. Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Doerr is literary on September 28th. It follows four young dreamers and outcasts through time and space, from 1453 Constantinople to the future, as they discover resourcefulness and hope amidst peril in the new novel by the Pulitzer Prize-winning author of All the Light We Cannot See. Next, we have Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen, fiction, on September 28th. After learning she might not be able to have children, a 33-year-old black woman planning to have it all watches her dreams dissolve and must rely on her two best friends to get through. And finally, we have The Wish by Nicholas Sparks, a romance on September 28th. A successful travel photographer, Maggie Dawes, struggling to come to terms with a sobering medical diagnosis, is unexpectedly grounded over Christmas with her young assistant and begins to tell him the story of the love that set her on a course she never could have imagined. As always, I hope you enjoy these books. I hope you check them out. And if you do, drop us a line and let us know what you think. See you soon. All right. Thank you, Katie. 
And now we're going to take a little musical interlude. And welcome back to L-Town Radio, Hong Mei. And she's going to share another song that she finds especially inspiring. Hong Mei. Hi, listeners. This is Hong Mei. Did you watch the 2021 Tokyo Olympics? There were so many memorable moments we will always remember. One of the most memorable moments for me was at the opening ceremony. There was a virtual performance of John Lennon's classic Imagine, performed by a group of artists from around the globe. The song Imagine has sneaked its way to five Olympic opening ceremonies within the last 25 years. Linus' lyric of Imagine encouraged listeners to imagine a world of peace without materialism, without borders separating nations, and even without religion. It's a call for peace and brotherhood, for unity and solidarity. Now let's take a break by listening to the song Imagine, sung by John Lennon. Thank you for sharing, Hong Mei. Now, if you're interested in hearing even more musical recommendations by Livingston librarians, you're in luck. Uh, we recently started our own Spotify account. Uh, if you're not familiar, Spotify is the uh, online platform uh, where you can stream just about any song or podcast that you could ever possibly want to listen to. Um, there's an app that you can download to your device, uh, or you can visit it on your web browser, Spotify, S-P-O-T-I-F-Y. You can go there. If you don't already have an account, you can create an account real simply. There's a free option as well as a premium option if you want to pay a little more for some extra features. Uh, but anyway, we were very excited to get our own Spotify account going here at the Livingston Library, and we've been making all kinds of playlists inspired by our favorite books, or in fact, some are even inspired by our book clubs that we have here at the Livingston Library. For instance, there is a Crime Time playlist, which is inspired by the brand new virtual book club coming this September. It's going to start on Wednesday, September 29th at 7 p.m. on Zoom, and it's a, a true crime book club that's going to be hosted by Katie, uh, Melissa, and or Emily uh, in a, on a rotating basis. And uh, Crime Time, like I said, has a playlist on Spotify uh, consisting of famous songs inspired by famous, or should I say infamous, crimes throughout the ages. It's got songs by artists like Bob Dylan, 
alkaline trio and garbage, to name a few. Um, if you are looking for some bookish music to start your day off the right way, we have the Bookish Vibes playlist inspired by Jessica's Bookish Vibes book club. We have an Unstuck in Time playlist that's inspired by my speculative fiction book club. And I'll tell you about our next meeting later on in the episode. But uh, for now, to get you in the mood for Unstuck in Time, we have a playlist that features surreal, spacey, and or spooky tracks by artists like David Bowie, Pink Floyd, Parliament, and Daft Punk. And uh, we even have some playlists going inspired by some of our forthcoming programs, uh, like we have the upcoming program Beethoven Music and Revolution. It's a virtual lecture on September 13th, uh, so make sure you register if you want to check that out. And that is a playlist consider, uh, consisting of some of the most famous songs by the legendary composer Ludwig van Beethoven. Um, again, that's Spotify, uh, where you can find us, Livingston Public Library, and see what playlists we have going. And you can also check out uh, our complete archive of podcast episodes of L-Town Radio in case you want to go back and hear some of the old episodes. Every single episode of this podcast is available to listen to on Spotify. All right, well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, September marks the beginning of back-to-school season, and with that in mind, I thought this month I would ask the crew um, if they had any particular favorite books, movies, music, poems, etc., either taking place at school or that somehow remind them of their own school days. And here's what they had to say, starting with Jessica. Hi there, L-Town Radio listeners. It's Jessica here. Can you believe it's already September? I know. I can hardly believe it either. School holds a special place in my reading life. I guess you can say that my love for reading started in school. During last month's podcast episode, I mentioned the animal books I enjoyed reading as a child. Did you know that I often read them during school? They weren't assigned reading by any means, but they were books I read during Deer, aka drop everything and read time. So a little bit about Deer. You would be sitting in the auditorium. You would be sitting in the lunchroom. You would be sitting in class. And the loudspeaker would announce that it is time for Deer. You would have to grab your book, and you would have to read it, and it was my favorite time of the day. Fast forward a few years to high school. I discovered my favorite novel, which has remained my favorite read until adulthood. In high school, I discovered a love for classic English literature through Wuthering Heights. It was in my senior year that I first read Wuthering Heights for the first time, and I have read it multiple times since, both in college for my undergraduate degree, in English at Montclair State University, and for a pleasure. When I think about school and when I think about my love for reading, it is clear to me that I would not be the reader that I am today if it wasn't for school, and I wouldn't be the librarian that I am today either. School and reading hold a special place in my heart. Well, I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks very much, Jessica. And now up next, once again, here's Katie, joined by our director, Amy. Hi, everyone. This is Katie, head of adult services and acquisitions, and I'm joined here by Amy Babcock, the library director. Hi, everybody. 
Hi, and we are here today to talk about a back to school movie that we feel like has stayed with us since it came out in, I believe, 1993. It's oh my gosh, we're so, old, Katie. We're we old. are so old. <laughs> it's the, the teen movie Clueless. Now, for me, growing up in New Jersey, I was on the younger side when this movie came out, but it still had an impact on me in my formative years. So I just always envisioned that's what high school would be. And surprisingly, suburban high school life in New Jersey is not like Cher Horowitz's life in Beverly Hills in the 90s. Shocking disappointment. Shocking disappointment. Her style was everything. There's the scene with her closet where she can pick out her outfits and see what they look like on a computer before she even puts them on. Side note, why do we not have that technology yet? We're in 2021. That should be a real thing that I can do Come in on. my daily life. Stop going to space, people. We need closet technology. We need closet technology. Do you hear us? <laughs> Do you hear just Bezos, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk make this happen for us? But yeah, to me, that just encompasses everything. I wanted high school to be. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to drive a white Jeep. Oh, I never felt more sad about my extremely practical early 90s Toyota Corolla. I wanted to go to parties in the Valley and as Dean Alaya dresses and just live this really cool life. And instead, I grew up in... in Tom's River. Yeah, I was in the marching band in Bergen County driving a Toyota Corolla. So, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same, but aspirational nonetheless. Aspirational. So, that's just us popping in to tell us, to tell you guys about our pick for this month. You can always find Clueless through the library catalog at the Livingston Library website, www.livingstonlibrary.org. And if you watch the movie, if you have any thoughts on this movie, reach out to us because I'm still looking for people to talk about this movie with almost, oh my gosh, is that 30 years coming up in two years, 30 years later. Wow. World. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, see you next month. Bye friends. Thank you very much, Katie and Amy. I also love Clueless and it has a very special place in my heart. Uh, since I also saw it many times during my formative years and would love to talk about it with the both of you at some point down the road. But for now, uh, my pick for favorite book that brings me back to my high school days is a book called King Dork, written by an author named Frank Portman. Uh, Frank Portman, before he started writing books, was a singer, songwriter, guitarist for a punk rock band from the Bay Area known as the Mr. T Experience, a band which I listened to obsessively in my high school days. And when he started publishing books, I leapt at the chance to read this and I was not disappointed. It's a young adult book, but I adored reading it as an adult and rereading it as an adult. Um, it's it's set actually during the same era when I was in high school in late 90s. So not only does it uh, bring me back to those days, but the main character uh, named Tom Henderson is also someone who resonates with me quite strongly. He's kind of a misfit who's navigating high school and trying to form a rock and roll band with his best friend and having all kinds of weird adventures and misadventures. It's kind of hard for me to sum up in in such a short time, um, 
and I think the best way to to give you a sense of what this book is and what it's about is is just by reading the first paragraph in it. Um, so I'm going to do that right now. <clears throat> it's actually kind of a complicated story, involving at least half a dozen mysteries, plus dead people, naked people, fake people, drugs, ESP, Satanism, books, blood, bubblegum, guitars, monks, faith, love, witchcraft, the Bible, girls, a war, a secret code, a head injury, the Crusades, some crimes, mispronunciation skills, a mystery woman, a devil head, and rock and roll. It pretty much destroyed the world as I had known it up to that point. And I'm not even exaggerating all that much. I swear to God. So yeah, that's the first paragraph of King Dork by Frank Portman. And, uh, you know, granted, it, it may not be for you, but if you're like me and that paragraph makes you want to read the rest of this book, you should do it right away because uh, I, I can't praise this book highly enough. Um, someone who also praised the book was none other than John Green, the young adult author of Paper Towns and The Fault in Our Stars. Um, he also had many great things to say about it in this blurb here. Uh, this book is for you if you're in a band or wish you were, if you loved or hated The Catcher in the Rye, if you like girls or are one, if you've ever spoken Francais or Franglais, or if your high school has or had a dumb mascot. Basically, if you are a human being with even a vague grasp of the English language, King Dork will rock your world. End quote. Um, so, King Dork is part of a trio of books by Frank Portman. There is a sequel called King Dork Approximately that came out in 2014. Uh, there's another book that came out in between that called Andromeda Klein, which is not necessarily in the same narrative arc as the King Dork books, but it takes place in the same uh, setting and around the same time period. Uh, so uh, I also highly recommend that. Um, unfortunately, we don't have print copies of Frank Portman's books here at Livingston at the moment, but there are copies available from other Buckles libraries. So if you want to search on our website for the works of Frank Portman, you will be able to get some sent here to the library within a week or two. All right, let's turn things over at this point to my fellow librarian, Archana, who's going to tell us about some of the exciting programs coming to the library in September. Hello, podcast listeners. Before I give a quick rundown of some September programs, I'm very happy and excited to announce that we will be returning to in-person lectures and presentations in September. A lot of our lives moved online during the pandemic, and I'm sure a large number of you are exhausted staring at your screens and welcome the return to in-person activity. And we can't wait to see you either in person at these events. And for those who continue to prefer participating in library programs from the safety of home, rest assured because virtual programs are still being offered. Now, our first in-person presentation uh, will be on September 20th at 7 p.m. called Dressing for Your Body Type. Did you know that knowledge of your body type will help you figure out which styles of clothing look best on you? In this presentation, certified image professional Sharon Kornstein will describe the process of creating an ideal wardrobe that is both flattering and comfortable. Topics will include how to determine your body type, putting outfits together, how to accessorize, 
and which basics are needed. Sharon will give tips on color, fabric and fit and every attendee will come away with the knowledge of their body type and how to dress for it. Then on September 22nd at 11am, join Karen White, the herb lady, for an informative talk on harvesting and preserving the herbs that you have grown over the summer in your garden. Timing and technique are the keys to maximizing the harvest from your herb garden for future use, says Karen, and she will share her expertise in this program. She will also talk about how to make herbal oils, vinegars, salts, sugars and butters, which can be used to preserve herbs for future use. On the evening of September 27th, we move into very different territory with a talk on bitcoins and cryptocurrency. Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies are a form of digital money that can be exchanged directly, person to person, without the need of a third party or bank intermediary. It is a technological breakthrough that allows everyone to be their own bank. It is not controlled by any group or government, so it can't be manipulated, devalued, confiscated or shut down. In this presentation, you will learn about Bitcoin and why it is important. You will get an understanding of how Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies work and how to get started with Bitcoin itself. It will also clear up some of the misinformation about Bitcoin being reported in the media. Please note, uh, the in-person programs do not need any registration. You just show up for the program on the day and time off. Next, a virtual offering for September is a program on the famed music composer in the Western canon, Ludwig van Beethoven. On September 13th at 7 p.m., musicologist and music theorist Dr. Jill Harrell will discuss some of Beethoven's most celebrated works, including piano sonatas and symphonies. Using a balance of biographical investigation, score analysis, and reasonable conjecture, he will attempt to illuminate what it is about Beethoven that has cemented his status as a quasi-deity in the Western world. In 2020, the world celebrated his 250th birth anniversary and the library had planned a program on this musical genius, which of course didn't materialize. So I'm so glad we were able to revisit the life and works of this musical genius whose works continue to uplift and enrich the lives of people all over the globe. And the presentation will of course include listening excerpts and video clips. So I definitely look forward to seeing you in person and virtually next month at one or more of these super interesting library offerings. Thank you very much. And thank you, Archana. Uh, as I said earlier, I also have a program coming up that I'd like to tell you about. It's the next meeting of our Unstuck in Time book club. That's the book club where we discuss classic speculative fiction. And um, over the summer, Unstuck in Time had been an in-person book club. Um, however, out of an abundance of caution and due to the ever-fluctuating uh, policies and guidelines coming from the CDC, we've decided to make Unstuck in Time a virtual book club again, for now at least. Um, so it will be held over Zoom, and it's going to be on Tuesday, September 28th, starting at 7 p.m. The book we'll be discussing is Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. It's her 2003 novel. Um, now, of course, Margaret Atwood is probably most famous for The Handmaid's Tale, which is an extremely popular and acclaimed book, which became an, an extremely popular and acclaimed TV series. Um, but it has been a pretty big part of the discourse, as they call it, uh, for the past few years. So I thought it, it might be more interesting 
to look at another one of Margaret Atwood's books, one that's maybe not as well known. And this book, though not as well known, seems utterly fascinating. I haven't read it yet, and uh, I, I just started, and I'm excited to get through this. Here's uh, a summary on the, the book jacket that I'll read for you. As the story opens, the narrator, who calls himself Snowman, is sleeping in a tree, wearing a dirty old bedsheet, mourning the loss of his beautiful and beloved Oryx and his best friend Crake, and slowly starving to death. In a world in which science-based corporations have recently taken mankind on an uncontrolled genetic engineering ride, he now searches for supplies in a wasteland. Insects proliferate and pigoons and wolvogs ravage the plebeians, where ordinary people once lived, and the compounds that shelter the extraordinary. As he tries to piece together what has taken place, the narrative shifts to decades earlier. How did everything fall apart so quickly? Why is Snowman left with nothing but his bizarre memories, alone except for the more than perfect green-eyed children of Crake, who think of him as a kind of monster? He explores the answer to these questions in the double journey he takes into his own past and back to Crake's high-tech bubble dome where the Paradise Project unfolded and the world came to grief. With breathtaking command of her shocking material and with her customary sharp wit and dark humor, Atwood projects us into an outlandish yet wholly believable realm populated by characters who will continue to inhabit your dreams long after the last chapter. This is Margaret Atwood at the absolute peak of her powers. Now, that's just what the publisher has to say. So, of course, they're going to be very glowing and favorable. But here's what some of the critics had to say. Uh, Helen Brown for the Daily Telegraph wrote, quote, The bioengineered apocalypse she imagines is impeccably researched and sickeningly possible, a direct consequence of short-term science outstripping long-term responsibility. And just like the post-nuclear totalitarian vision of The Handmaid's Tale, this story is set in a society readers will recognize as only a few steps ahead of our own. In The New Yorker, Laurie Moore called the novel towering and intrepid and wrote, quote, Tonally, Oryx and Crake is a roller coaster ride. The book proceeds from terrifying grimness, though lonely mournfulness, through more lonely mournfulness, until midway, a morbid silliness begins sporadically to assert itself, like someone exhausted by bad news, hysterically succumbing to giggles at a funeral. And Joyce Carol Oates noted that the novel is, quote, more ambitious and darkly prophetic, un end quote, than The Handmaid's Tale, and she called the work, quote, an ambitiously concerned, skillfully executed performance. So, if you'd like to join the discussion for that book, uh, make sure you register, because again, it will be virtual, held on Zoom, so you'll need to register to get the email with that link the day before the meeting. That meeting, again, is Tuesday, September 28th at 7 p.m. Just uh, find the calendar through our homepage. Go to September 28th, uh, where you'll find Unstuck in Time, so you can register there. Uh, we'll also have print copies of the book available here at the library if you would like to check one out. Uh, and there's also ebook and audiobook editions of Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood available through Overdrive. Well, that does it for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. Katie, Hongmei, 
Jessica, Archana, and Amy. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. And I hope, uh, of course, that you'll come down to the library and visit us in person as well. We're open seven days a week. Um, of course, you can still access all our online and digital resources through our website, livingstonlibrary.org. And don't forget to follow our blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. You can also follow us all over the internet, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and of course now on Spotify, where you can listen and subscribe to this podcast, um, as well as hear all the cool playlists we've been making. You can also listen to and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And till next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.